the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We're going to be here for the next hour talking to you about all kinds of stuff going on in your yard and garden. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning, fellas. Good morning, gents. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Nice crystal clear morning this morning. We went out. A little chilly. A little chilly. I was going to go with chilly. It was 45 at my house, so it wasn't too bad. It was colder at mine. I have no doubt. Quite a bit of frost still on the ground. It's kind of funny. If it's been frosty almost all week at my house after we had that little discussion about the the warnings and the, the last frost date in San Diego. Yeah. Well, when you live in the sticks, that's going to happen. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you very country. much. Yep. Ah, uh, let's see. It's, it was. It was crystal clear this morning. I didn't see a moon, although I think it's almost seventy percent. The uh, one one-hundredth of an inch of rain we were expecting the day before yesterday did not seem to materialize. At least I didn't I didn't get anywhere. any rain. Yeah. No, I actually went out because it was a little dry with that wind yesterday and put some water on the, new, the newly planted fruit trees. Yeah, I've got to turn my sprinklers back on <laughs> today when I get home. And the next chance for rain next maybe next weekend. We'll see. Yeah, you were saying that. We'll see. Kind of. It's a long way away. It's almost like seven days. It's like a week. Yeah. It's like a week. a week. Almost a whole week, <laughs> yes. It's so. Wow. Uh, and I missed the space shuttle, or space shuttle, the space station flyover today. It was 5.09 it was supposed to uh, I, was, I was looking while I was driving as best I could. I, I normally get an email notification of that, and I did not receive one. It must have been okay. too far north for my zip code or something. I can't believe that it's that far different, but I got that because I got the notification yesterday. Very sad. I didn't get maybe it. your maybe your subscription expired. Yeah, I, I don't know. You're on the outs I now. Maybe you're on my the outs. subscription. Yeah, I we're don't know. Still, I don't we're know. Still buds. They should just leave you in the database until you opt out. I don't know why you have to renew it every year. That doesn't make any sense. But we'll take that up with the powers that be. And I did find when we did have our real cold weeks ago, mm-hmm. I found some frost damage on one of my citrus trees. You mentioned that, yeah, and I it really surprised me. Because I've never noticed it there before, but it's kind of in a cold air drainage alongside my driveway, and this is the first tree that the cold air abuts to, and it was just that just one the one side, side where it, yeah. where the cold just rolled down. It the, stopped down the slope. Yep. So, so you have different climates in your yard, like microclimates right. of some sort. I do. Isn't that amazing? It, it's no, not really. I I, <laughs> I appreciate the fact that you recognize and, it and, and, and can yeah. tell people because we have that issue sometimes when people when you say, "Well, where do you live?" Oh, right here. So it's the same as you. Well, not necessarily. Well, well that's, that's the thing. It, not necessarily. Exactly. That's in my neighborhood, secret. Yes. In my neighborhood, um, we live about our our cul-de-sac is about um, a third of the way up this long slope that goes through the neighborhood, and. I'll get up in the morning sometimes in the wintertime. I won't have any frost in my yard at all. By the time I get down to the bottom of the hill, right. everything's frosted cold over. Right. Yeah. Settles, it just right? so uh, it settles down, into that, down yeah. into that valley. That is yeah. what I remember about your first house in Scripps Ranch is you were at the top of the hill or three-quarters of the way up, mm-hmm. and there was never frost up there. But if down at the bottom down of the hill, Down at the bottom, it was always, really cold. Always. Yeah. Really cold. It's almost like cold air sinks, sinks. or goes lower. It's like it's heavier. Or something. Yeah. Something like that. Huh. 
We'll have to. They'll look into that. Yes, we'll do some investigation. Yeah, pretty, pretty wild. But looks like it's going to be a nice day today. I don't, I don't know what the temperature is supposed to be. They said it was supposed to be 80 in Poway yesterday. It was not. It's St. Patrick's Day uh, parades today. So. Oh, that's right, in Balboa Park. You yeah. going? No. Oh, I will be, yeah. I would hope so. The uh... Pause, pause. Yeah. Pause, yeah. pause, 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 pause. The? Please continue. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. We have classes today, both stores in San Diego. It's going to be Spring Vegetables with Josh. And and Poway, it's going to be bonsai basics with uh, no, Richard Wright. No, no, you're off. It's uh, what? Ba- that was last week. Was it last week? Yes, sir. My word! Why yeah. did I manage that? So today is basic grafting techniques with uh, Tyler. Oh, Tyler. Okay. Okay. Very good. Well, yeah. So um, scrap the part. The part of reading the classes yeah. will now be done by George. <laughs> well, only if you want them accurate. So, <laughs> so you are so spring vegetables with Josh is in at nine o'clock. In, okay. sa- in, in San, San Diego. Diego and in Poway, it's basic basic grafting techniques with Tyler. So when, so when is James doing organic pest control? Is that next that's week? next week? Okay. Yep. Okay. So I wrote I wrote that one, the first. I how did I do that? Okay. Um, and then next week it's organic. Well, like I just said, organic pest control with James and in San Diego and California native plant propagation with Renee Murphy, uh, formerly of. Moosa Creek Nursery. Correct. Yeah. She's going to come down and do that for us. She's pretty yeah. excited. It's going to be an interesting class. I don't think we've ever done a class like that before. I don't think we have. We've done propagation classes of some sort, you know, seed propagation, but I don't think we've done anything like this. So she's yeah. going to do seeds. And, and it's funny. The seed propagation class was with another. Oh, no, it's Brigitte. That's almost so like close. another Renee. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Please continue. Uh, daylight saving starts tonight at, or tomorrow morning at 2 o'clock, so be sure to set your clocks back for that lovely little. Well, well, no, are we going forward? We're springing forward. Forward, forward, spring forward. forward. Yeah. Um, And St. Patrick's Day Parade is today, as we mentioned. And St. Patrick's Day is Thursday, I think. Uh, Yes, I believe it's 17th on Thursday, yes. Yeah. Thomas's 21st birthday. So if you're looking for some, if you're looking for some festive stuff, I I know we have some. We had some left in Poway. I don't know if they have any in San Diego, but um, red and green shamrocks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got we had some two-inch ones yesterday and some four-inch ones. The six-inch ones seem to have all disappeared, but the, the smaller ones were still available as of as of yesterday. Uh, orchid shows this week. No, next weekend, seventeenth, um, eighteenth, and nineteenth down at the uh, Scottish Rite Center and eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth. Excuse me, at Scottish Rite Center in Mission Valley. I'm going to take away your calendar privileges. I know. <laughs> I, I re- well, see, that's what I, I transcribed it, and that's what that's what the problem is. So. Anyway, if you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Uh, we'd be more than happy to talk to you. You had an interesting uh, Wednesday wisdom on the Facebook page. Uh, but the, yes, for bees. For bees. Uh, native bees in particular. Natives, yeah. yeah. I was I was somewhat surprised by that. As was I. There were, how many bees? Well, I guess for those that probably didn't read it, David, um, <laughs> how many native bees species or do you think there are in the United States? Native bees. A lot. There's a little more than what, a number. What would you say? 1,734. Oh, there are 4,000 oh, wow. native bee species. Not in, even in close. You're, yeah. I know, but Mark was thinking I was over and I was still under. You were under. Okay. And prior to, That's uh, a lot. Prior to the, the uh, European settlers coming, we didn't have honeybees in America. Honeybees came, you know, the European honeybees. The European honeybee. So it's pretty interesting. And so we have a lot of plants that uh, the, our honeybees don't, the honeybees that we brought over do not pollinate. Like they're not efficient at pollinating tomatoes. They don't do squash very well. They don't do blueberries well. Although I did get a good picture of them. Yeah, that was one. an incredible picture yeah. that you well, got. It when one. you say they don't do them well, are they not attracted to them or do they have a. I, I, guess, I think it has to do with where the pollen sits and the bee. So they, they physically still go, go to, to them, them. But they're not as effective. But they're at, not. Right. I gotcha. Yeah. I would have never can even. Yeah, in fact, in that. fact, there, there's a great we we link to a PDF that's a, an interesting study. Two PhDs that uh, in it's a uh, uh, Forest Service in concert with a pollinator partnership, and, and they did a study, and they were just talking about the different uh, aspects of native bees versus uh, the European honeybees and what they pollinate. And right now in the, in America, Ken, I think you and I talked about mm-hmm. this. Seventy five percent of all of the f- food crop that we eat is pollinated by bees. Seventy five percent. Wow. That's a lot of food. Or, yes, 
It kind of would make them important, wouldn't it? Yeah, it a makes little them bit. very important. So yeah. when, you, when you're doing those sprays that we advocate, <clears throat> excuse me, regularly, read the label. You know, some things you don't want to spray when the bees are foraging, some things you don't want to leave on and, uh, that might be toxic to bees. So it's very important that we, we take care of them. I haven't noticed that many bees on my trees yet this year, but I did see apricots, so I'm assuming that the bees that I did see were doing, doing what their they, job. Doing what they were supposed yes. to do. Or it could just be natural pollinization, too. Good, good point. Then we don't need bees. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't far. go that far. Yeah. Okay, then we do need bees. We do need those bees. All right. Well, you know, the other thing you need to be aware of, too, is that if you're using chemical controls in your yard— just because something is organic doesn't mean it's not going to kill bees. Thank you. And that's what I was that's saying about reading the important. label. Very important, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we advocate a couple of things. Even even horticultural oil, if you spray, you spray it on bees, a bee, it's going to kill it. It's going to kill right. a bee while yeah. he's on there, or yeah. she rather, the foraging. Yeah. So, yeah. so just you, it, a lot of that is timing, uh, making sure that you, you're spraying and you're, ap- you're applying stuff. And it's drying before the times when the when the bees are going to be really active in the area. And so, but would you say be, that it's really important to read the label? I absolutely. <laughs> what, what, Shall why, I? I was going to say, David, why would you want to read the label? For it is a violation of federal law to use this product in a manner inconsistent with its labeling. Exactly. Don't you know? And you could harm instead of doing good. That's all. Yeah, um, have to be careful. Do we have time to quickly cover the avocado leaf? question that we misanswered a couple of yeah. weeks ago yeah we actually were, we, no we got here. we've got we've got time so go I ahead i don't think we misanswered we just weren't sure at that moment well, we didn't really do a very good job of answering but i had totally forgotten the, about birds shredding foliage of plants you know we have it at the nursery with the lettuce and crops and they do it all the time and it gives these very rough edges to the leaves and i've never i've seen the damage on my avocados year after year i've gone down there during the night with a flashlight i've looked can't find any any evidence of any bugs other than there's damage to the leaves but i didn't consider birds and i don't know why and that's probably what it was birds shredding the leaves interesting yeah because yeah though i know when we had the when we had the vegetable planter in the center of the table the the finches just Destroyed the kale. You guys destroyed that a lot. Yeah. Cucumber yeah. leaves and sunflower. Yes, yeah, sunflowers. Leaves the sunflowers. They just come and rip everything but the veins off of that. That's leaf. when I was introduced to it, and because of where it was, and it's obvious on on squash. But it's obvious right. to me because they sit on that mid rib and and eat everything around it or shred everything around it. Right. I just didn't think about it in context of the avocados. So. Now, I do think about it there in the context go. of the avocados. Thank you. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to go all the way up to San Francisco where David is waiting. Good morning, David. How are you? Hey, pretty good. Uh, although I see the California drought is continuing, so uh, I was calling to uh, urge people to put in a local vegetable garden. Uh, does uh, San Diego have community gardens? We do have some, yes. yeah, through, yeah, scattered throughout the, throughout the city. Well, it might be a good idea if uh, if they got uh, expanded. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the Ukraine being called the breadbasket of Europe. Yes. But uh, yeah. if you go on Wikipedia, they say that it, 25% of the world's topsoil is in Ukraine. 25%. And if they're going to have a war up there uh, stomping around in the topsoil, they not only would be damaging it, but they would be uh, causing foods, you know, food to not, you know, right now is when they're preparing to put in crops. And if they're going to have, if this war lasts more than a couple of months, uh, you know, throughout the year, there could be some real food uh, shortages throughout the world. That could yeah, be a problem. Yeah, I have heard them, be, yes. heard them talking about that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they were saying ancient Rome depended upon the Ukraine for wheat. Uh, you know, all sorts of different uh, issues. It's, you know, very uh, accessible to the, uh, what's the Black Sea, I guess. And... Uh, so just the idea of local gardens, getting something in, uh, making sure that you've got, uh, you know, training happening uh, for the next generation. Because uh, if these fools keep going with these wars, I mean, it's bad enough they're, uh, you know, damaging nuclear power plants up there. With 25% of the, the world's topsoil in an area where they're screwing around with nuclear power plants, uh, what could go wrong? Yeah, it's a... 
it's a <clears throat> it's going to be a real problem. And you know, fortunately, there's a lot of schools have taken a, have taken up um, community community gardening, um, and there are some there are some garden areas around San Diego. Quite a few community gardens in San Diego, as a matter of fact. So it looks like people are. Looks like people are taking note of it. Uh, David, thank you very much for the call. Thank you for listening up in San Francisco. We do appreciate that. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KC, KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Uh, you know, uh, David brings up – David from San Francisco, not David sitting across the yeah, table. Yeah, he from never me. brings yeah. up the uh, – Good points, he, yes. he, brought, he, he, he did bring up some good points. And, you know, one thing that we noticed uh, after 2019 um, and, the, and the pandemic started right. in 2020, the amount of vegetables that – we sell either in either in six packs or four inch or seed packets is, yeah. has skyrocketed. Yes. People are we ran out of stuff we, last year. We seeds and yeah, we couldn't we couldn't keep, keep it in stock. Correct. Um, and that really, I mean, the supply lines have gotten a little better, but that trend has not has not disappeared. So Correct. even though we're not even though we're not in the middle of a war, yeah. so to speak, here in this country, a lot of people. Uh, have started growing their own, or, yeah, growing, growing, growing their own to yeah. supplement to supplement their uh, right. right. A lot of folks were, you know, kind of equaling or adding it to their. Well, I'm doing a victory garden kind of uh, backyard because I don't want to go to the store every day. In the early days of COVID, when people were afraid of how it was spread, they they said, "I'm going to just do a garden at home, so I don't have to go to the store every day." Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I still remember the video I saw on a commercial, a public service announcement of the somebody sneezing and that going across an entire grocery store over right. all the aisles and all the way down. And it was, it created a lot of fear. Yes. Yes. And, yes and apprehension. It did. People didn't want to be in a store with crowds. Right. So they minimized yeah. their trips. So, you know, the lettuce would go, they rather have it out in the backyard. I don't want to be in a store with crowds because I just don't like people, that's but true. Yeah. That's true. That's, you know, other people, that's the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We all have our reasons. Yes, that's right. But it's it's good to see people getting back into vegetables, fruit trees, and, and well, yeah, all of that. It's definitely uh, uh, broadened the horizon for. We have a lot more customers now it, that weren't um, gardening in the past. Maybe. Correct, yeah. gardening one in the things, past or growing their own stuff. Yeah, or, one of the things David and I have commented on: we see a lot of younger folks, yes. y- young couples, uh, whether dating or married, that are coming in, and they are. You know, building their first garden, or they're really getting into trying to have a, a, a backyard vegetable patch. It yeah, we really, have a lot of people. There are, like you said, a lot of community gardens down here. Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah, heart- they're scattered all over. It's yeah. heartwarming to me. I really like seeing people get into that. I, the fruit trees bring so much enjoyment to oh, as, me as, and to yeah, my life as well. That I, uh, you want to share it? I do. I want other people to experience it. And we lost a generation or so of people that didn't experience that, and now it's starting to happen again. Yep. Yeah, we. It's funny because we have lost generation, not, not just this past, but for different. I mean, it's amazing what used to be popular and and who used to, we used to deal with to get them and get the plants and or like the societies, the geranium society or the orchid society or chameleon the, society. Chame- I mean, all yeah. And now it's like yeah, epidendron. I mean, just it's weird how. Trends kind of yeah, well, come and go, right. and the people that were yeah. in charge of those things have gotten older and gotten out, and there wasn't right. another group Somebody coming up behind, behind them. It. Yep, yeah, it's the truth. Yeah, that is true. Um, 
We had an inter- another interesting avocado situation yesterday with the one that was returned. Uh, Kurt got back to me. He thinks that was just sun scorched from the heat a couple of weeks ago, and it just burned the tender skin there and was causing it to to bleed like that. He he wasn't at so all. he he didn't think that that caused the dieback up above it. That he did not address that. But if it it was the heat, if it was the warm period that we had, then that would have fried off the top. Um, I I don't know. I would have thought it would have affected more of the it, bark too. It looks it looks different than that. But that's what he he said. He Kurt, thought it was which, Kurt, Kurt Peacock. He's a certified arborist. arborist. He's actually going to teach a class for us in a couple weeks on what is an arborist and when should I call one. Should be a good class. That would be absolutely that would be a very good class. But uh, it it was a 15 gallon avocado. They brought it in. The first what foot and a half was fine. Yes, and then there was a black ring or a bark, and everything above from exactly that black ring up started looked scorched. Like huh. it, it was dry, so it, we thought that it, it was something, some kind of pathogen or something that had uh, attacked the bark in that area right. and, and girdled, girdled it because it, it, yeah, it, it was it was exactly at that point that everything went south, going up above it. Yeah. So it was uh, going north. Was co- going yeah. north. Yeah. It was kind. Of, <laughs> it was kind. Of, it was kind of interesting. Um, that is, uh, yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah, because yeah. like the first foot, like I said, the first foot and a half of growth was. The, it, it looked fine. It, there was nothing wrong with it at all. Hmm. And then above that black ring, every everything was everything was he, he said canker of some kind could be from sun scald during the last heat wave that caused, created the canker that shut okay. it down from that okay. point up. Okay. Well, that, that makes sense. That would make sense. Uh, let's see. What else we have going on? Oh, Melanie came up with an interesting recipe the other day. Oh, it was um, – Irene had it. Um, okay. And she gave it to me. Um it was a ceviche recipe, but instead of using fish or shrimp, you used cauliflower. So it was like a vegetarian ceviche. Huh. And it was actually pretty good, I have, I have to admit. <laughs> David, you're looking over your <laughs> yeah. glasses. Well, David doesn't, David doesn't – he doesn't like uh, cilantro. So. Oh, well, that sounds great. I need to get that recipe. Well, Melanie's got it. it was, uh, I it will was get a, that from your and, bride. And it, I don't know that I would say that it was – I wonder yeah. if you could substitute so, beets for the cauliflower. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm sure you it, can. It, it, I don't. It it wasn't as much like ceviche. I mean, it had it had the you know to, had the lime juice and the right. uh, tomatoes and the onions and cilantro and all all the other stuff in it, which is fine. Um, but it was a little it was a, a little crispier. It was a, it, it, it made it made a nice salad. Let okay. me let me put it oh, that like way. That. It was it was good. Yeah, I I good I, yeah. I enjoyed huh. it. But then again, I don't usually complain about. But food well, that people are making for well, me. Yeah, you so. do. That's not That's true. not true at all. We've offered you all kinds of things. Um, but you didn't well, make it. You just no, we, we had things made. Uh, I, I remember once one of our customer friends of ours brought in, I gave her beets, and she brought in a, uh, a beet uh, hummus. That's and right. we didn't want any. That's right, because it had beets in it. Yeah. So, well, yeah. so you might or something like okay. that. So I don't. So I yeah. never. I never turn anything down that Melanie makes for me. Let me put it. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's okay. different. Okay. I'm bringing. I'm bringing beets in Monday for Melanie. That's a horse of <laughs> a different color. Uh, so anyway, it's. A, I think she was going to put that recipe in the newsletter this this month, but um, it was. It was actually pretty good. Pretty good. Um, let's see. We talked about the citrus and the frost damage. Uh, you you said we had um, speak going back to bees. We had mason bees in stock. Do we still have them in stock? Do you know? That's or? an excellent question. Yeah. I think we do. We got in the tubes that are in the fridge, but I didn't look to see. And see, I I I like the idea of mason bees and getting more pollinators in your yard, but God, that just seems like a it seems like a long way to go to do it because you only get a few bees. At a time, but and they have to build up. The, you have to build up the population, right. so right. it's not but it's not an overnight. Aren't they thing. ten times more pollinatorific, or is it a hundred times? They are much more aggressive in their pollination than regular honeybees. It, it would be they, worth. They are, it. and and but part one of the selling points for them is that they they tend to be some of the first bees that emerge from emerge. the cold winters yeah. to start doing their pollinating. But here. We our honeybees are are active all year round. I need a yeah. hive. I, we have one. Well, we lost ours to bee robbers. 
So, Are you serious? Yeah, I was working in. Well, there wait, was wait a second. Hold everywhere. on. When he says bee robbers, Mark, what do you think of? <laughs> No, seriously, I, I want to because the way you said, said, are I you serious? Said hive robbers, but yeah. Well, yeah. You think somebody some... came by and swiped his bees? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's okay, what I thought fair, you fair thought. Fair enough. No, the, this was another hive came in, a stronger hive, oh. and came in and, and decimated, the, decimated the hive so, yeah. and then took the honey. I got really? It. Yeah. I was working and I, and I thought our bees were swarming. So we suited up and went into the midst of it, and it was a battle going on. And, and wow. there were dead bees all over the ground, and those were our bees on the ground. And then, wow. Then our honey was gone and there was no one left in the I'd hive. I'd never heard of such a thing. Yeah. Nor did I. Nor have I. So we're going to try to catch a feral hive here in first week of April and repopulate. Where do you, where I mean, do you find a feral yeah, hive? Like, well, yeah, yeah, do you go to one flying by or you, how do you? you put, there's a, a box you can put out and try to catch them. So oh, I see. Do you have like a signal flagman yeah. on there? Or? <laughs> you do. You, get, yeah. you have somebody stand there, like like an LSO on the back of a carrier. Well, yeah. isn't the the key to it though is get, getting the queen? Isn't the key it? is to have well, ideally to have a, um, a docile European honeybee, you know, queen as opposed to maybe one of the more uh, aggressive bees. But there are people that get feral hives all the time and just keep the current current bee. Well, I know my the current queen in it. My. My late uncle, when he lived up in Placerville, and he had a couple of hives. And I remember he would go out and take the frames and and had a machine that you a centrifuge, a centrifuge right. to spin the honey out of the frames right. without damaging the the combs. And when he was done, there was honey all over the all over the unit, and he would just set it out on the table. And oh, yeah, by yeah. the end of the day, there was no honey left in it at all. Nope. They would they the bees would just come in and pick it all up and take it back to the hive. Huh. It was, yep. I, it was fascinating. I I had no idea that they would do that, but yeah, they, they, they I didn't will do know that. that until just now. Yeah, it's a, they're pretty, pretty, pretty industrious little things. Was, Very much so. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't hear too much about um, colony collapse anymore. At least not in the past couple of years. That yeah, it's true. The talk about that has it. died down dramatically, and I don't know if I don't know if the last I had heard was that they were starting to bounce back. So I'm assuming that that trend is still. I was going. just looking to see how much more efficient mason bees are, and I came across this part of the story where it says there's more than four thousand species of native bees in the U.S. Did you know that? We should have said that at the beginning of the you show. Should have. Yeah, should have mentioned should have. that. I'm surprised that didn't. I'm surprised nobody mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. If you want to give us a call, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. We'd be more than happy to talk to you. Uh, Still of, haven't go, go ahead. Of those four thousand, one hundred and forty species are different types of mason bees. In case you were wondering, one hundred and forty different mason bees. For different, yes, species hmm. of mason bees in North America, and they're all solitary. Males do not have a stinger, and the females will only sting if trapped or squeezed. <laughs> Don't hmm. squeeze your mason bees. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, Learned that the hard way, right? <laughs> You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Uh, I was out looking at the roses yesterday, which they actually look quite Gorgeous. nice. Hang but, on. What, Hang on. What, what? So 400 mason bees do the work of 40,000 honeybees. Wow. That's but a lot. But it probably takes a little while to build up the 400 uh, mason bees. I yeah, about, about 100 years or so. <laughs> but, but just real quick, Ken, before you go there, speaking of bees, you know, we were talking about the R's getting robbed, but the reason that happens is there's not enough nectar. Uh, the 
and so there are plants, not enough plants that are producing nectar for the bees to go and forage, so they're going to come and steal the honey and take over the hive. Interesting. Interesting, though. The dynamics so, of so that's why you want more. Oh, yeah, you want plants to to feed your bees, feed the bees. Fair enough. Tuppence a bag, feed the bees, feed the birds. Sorry. Ah. Okay, go ahead. The roses were looking. They are they, looking gorgeous. They they look gorgeous. I still have not seen one bloom yet. Oh they're, really? We have. Yes. yes. Okay, because yep. I went out yesterday and looked, and I didn't see it. They're they're budded like crazy, uh, but I have not. We had an angel face one. last Saturday that was blooming out there. I know there was fragrant. a. There was a customer came in and um, picked up a ginger snap that was absolutely Loaded. it was absolutely there, perfect. There right. are so many buds out there, so many bouquets. Yeah. They, they, they look fantastic, and because of the weather this year, I have seen no signs of any Mildews. downy mildew or, yeah, or anything say that at all. It hasn't been no, they've been clean. They they look re- they look really good right now. Uh, some of the other things. Did, did you say if you want to give us a call? When we came back, well, the, they mentioned that in the oh, okay, you don't okay. In, in the Please return, continue. but yeah, if you would like to give us a call, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. Um, we do have onion sets in stock. Um, we have some onion sets. We still have some seed potatoes left. We have boxes of seed potatoes now. That's with the spring bulbs, and we also got in a sweet potato. A sweet potato. Oh, really? You, you okay. can get a sweet potato in a box. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> one sweet potato per box. Well, it's a plant. It is kind of. It's potentially a plant. Well, I thought it was interesting packaging, but yeah, you just take it home and put it in your put it in your garden. And have you grown sweet potatoes, George? I have. Um, they, it's very easy. They're they're like a morning glory. The beautiful flower. They do well. Uh, and then you, I normally harvest them. Well, I had been harvesting a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving, letting them dry out, mm-hmm. and then using them in Thanksgiving time frame. Hmm. Nice. Aww. Work well. That's easy. very good. Very easy. And you do not bury them like you do a regular potato. You just plant them and let the vines run along, and then that's they what root I've done. Right. Tuber. Yep. Okay. So it's a different. Oh, so you, you style. don't you don't you don't bury them deep. You just put. Well, you don't keep piling on as the stems. Yeah, right. You just so you you just plant the tuber and, and let and let, them run. And let it go. Yes. And then wherever. So then when. When the vine's laying on the ground, that's where the yeah I've grown the them in, in big like whiskey barrels, and they're just full of of potatoes from mm. the vines rooting and then in, tubering tubering underneath. Yes. Okay, is, hmm. that, is that a verb? Tubering it modified is stemming. It is now. <laughs> yes, we're okay with it. If you want to give us a call, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. We're going to go out to Poway where Brenda is waiting. Good morning, Brenda. How are you? Good. All right, you mentioned that you're all excited because you hadn't noticed any mildew on roses. Well, I had mildew, and I remind you reminded me, I saw mildew on my snap peas, mm. and that didn't happen last year. So what happened? Why? It's usually more weather-related. Um, usually as the weather warms yeah. up, they are more susceptible to mildew. So it um. is time to start thinking about replacing them or... You can treat them for mildew. What is your favorite mildew treatment, gentlemen? Do you do you I, use well, neem? I like neem oil for powder, for just powdery mildew, right? Not yes. downy mildew. Yeah, yes. for powdery mildew, neem oil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, or immunox, one I of think, the fun- yeah. or copper. I think I'll just start over. I'll just start over because they didn't get very big either. How often are you watering them? Themselves didn't. <laughs> Well, that may be a problem. Don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, make, make make sure they get make sure they get fed regularly and and watered well. And the and the, like we said, the mildew is is really more of a function of the um, of the weather conditions than anything else. But don't replant peas <laughs> at this time of the year. It's time to start thinking about the peas of summer, which we call beans. If you want that vining legume. Okay, maybe I'll stop by tomorrow. Okay, well, we'll be there for you. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Brenda. You have a nice day. You know, the, the powdery mildew is interesting because it's not like a lot of the other fungal. They, they don't. It doesn't need moisture. It doesn't happen necessarily because it's wet. It actually does well in dry Mediterranean climates. Yeah, one of yeah. The, the rosarians used to wash off their roses every, every morning day, to yeah. prevent yes. mildew. Yeah. Right. 
it's kind of a it's seems counterintuitive. Yes. 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 Uh, we're going to head up to uh, Escondido where Dennis is waiting. Good morning, Dennis. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, I take my four-year-old grandson through my garden and my property, just showing him various flowers and plants and everything, trying to get him interested in uh, plants and vegetation. But one of the things that I'm curious about is that uh, on an acre of property, I don't seem to have any earthworms. Does chemical fertilizer wipe out earthworms? I believe it can, especially up in the soil surface areas. But earthworms need organic matter and good soil. So, moist, yeah, moisture with that organic material. And moisture in there as well, yes. <laughs> so if you're not mulching and just have open arid land or air, yeah, arid arid land, you're not going to have earthworms. Large at least populations, not, the, not, not near the surface. Yeah. Yeah, but they, they need the organic okay. material to, they need the organic material to feed on. So um, that's why you want to make sure that you, you mulch regularly or in areas that you're planting, um, add organic material to the, to the soil. And they will reproduce very quickly. So if you start to encourage them and, and enhance the soil and make it an environment where they want to be, they will multiply very quickly. I did that once with a, a bale of straw. And just the, the food and the insulation and the moisture around that created a, a tremendous worm bed. I, I, I use straw as our, in the mulch in our vegetable garden, in the mm-hmm. paths. And yesterday I went to plant some lettuce and I moved some of the straw and I, couldn't, I honestly couldn't count the number of worms that were right at the surface. So it worked, as David said, the really? straw and any kind of mulch. Uh, works really well to, to give them a home, a habitat that they want to live in, and they'll thrive. Where do you get straw? Well, it, you can use anything, but you can get straw at a at a feed store. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah feed, uh, but you can use any kind of good and, compost. Any kind of organic material will work. Feed and tax stores have bales of straw usually. You're up in Fallbrook, Escondido. 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 Yeah, one of the one of yeah. your horse. Places. Supplies places should have it. In Poway, it's Elston's that that uh, we go to for our bales of straw. And a bale okay. of straw will cover quite a a pretty good size area. I mean, they're they're packed. Yeah, they're packed tight. Yeah. I'm thinking about one particular planter that's kind of in the shade. Uh, uh, maybe I could put something in there. Do they the steer manure? Does that count for uh, worms? Yeah, that would help. Composted. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and just just mix it in with the make sure make sure that it's well composted before you mix it in. But uh, yeah, that would work. You know, horse manure would work too. But there again, you don't want to you don't want to put it in fresh. You want to make sure that it's been composted for a while. No, I was thinking about some, buying something out of a bag. Yeah, that'll yeah. work. Yeah, It'll be fine. That should be ready to go. Okay, very good. And by the way, um, you've mentioned this before, and I forget what it was. I, my grandson and I were picking lemons the other day, and I'm beginning to get ants again on my lemon tree. And what is it that you recommend to spray on the tree? Horticultural oil. It'll take the answer. Yeah, the ants are probably going after some type of a sucking insect, like a white fly, aphid, or more often than not, scale. scale. Yeah. The horticultural oil will kill any of those any of those things. Once you get rid of those, then your the ant problem will dis, will resolve itself. Okay. Are very good. Thank you. Okay. Man. Okay. Thank you very much. Enjoy your enjoy your program. Thank you. Thank you very Thanks much. for listening. Have a great weekend, Dennis. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Um, I've been getting horse manure from my neighbor. Mm-hmm. Semi semi fresh. But is that the is that the the horse that eats your citrus? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, that's Skeeter. Well, Skeeter. Skeeter and Chiquita. Okay. And I've put it down just to start to encourage some, some worm, worm worms activity, in, yeah. in one area. Because it, it, it provides the insulation. It'll keep the moisture that's in the soil there, and it provides them with food. It's, it's kind of my little worm. It's an bed. amazing process, and and. I have we have uh, mulch around all the fruit trees, and if I move the mulch for anything, if I'm going to check the sprinkler, make sure it's wet. There's just ton. There are just tons of worms. It's it's great, and they are obviously you don't have chickens running around. Not there, no, no. And you know, if you want to get if if you have an area where you don't have a worm population, but you want to get them started, we do sell bags of worms. Right, and I've seen many little at the nursery wormlets. What's a baby worm called? 
A baby worm. Yeah. A baby worm. Yeah. The little hatchlings. <laughs> what do you call them? <laughs> yes, little worms. And they will – you just need to get them started. The The first time I did it with a straw bale was making a raised planter for asparagus. Right. And after a couple of years, the bale collapsed because yeah. the worms were – it was breaking down and the worms were eating it. And then that whole area was just filled with worms. That's the end of my excitement. <laughs> That's the end of your story? Okay. On that note, uh, you're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, George Allman. Uh, you, know what, you know what else we have a really good selection of right now in the store is uh, strawberries. We've got an entire table full of strawberries out there. I think most of them are in six-packs. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mine now, was in a two-pound container. <laughs> a two-pound container? Oh, yes, yes I, I was, saw it in the clamshell were, container. Yes, they yeah. were quite tasty. Yeah, I did see those. Uh, only $3.99 at Grocery Outlet. And you only have to water those once, right, when you rinse them? I am supposed to rinse those, aren't I? Yeah. Am I not? Yeah. I, I don't. It's Typically, much, I don't either. And that's too much work. Well, <laughs> I just open them and eat them. And, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. Uh, I guess we could And yet here it. you are. Yeah. So. I noticed... Um, Excuse me. What? <laughs> I, I was... I noticed uh, yesterday when I was out walking by the... Uh, Musa Creek nursery table that they had some of the giant coreopsis out there. Have you seen that? The native coreopsis? Yes. Yes. It doesn't look like coreopsis no. at all. But one thing that I have noticed. It looks like is, a herbaceous weed that I would cut down if I saw growing in my garden. Well, you know, it's funny that you, it's funny <laughs> yeah. that you say that because as you, as you come up Pomerado road headed South and it transitions into spring Canyon where it cuts through, um, Scripps ranch on the North side there's one section where there's a stand of it, and I've in, never noticed dur- it. In, during drought times, it just it just looks like a dead weed. But when you, when you get a little bit of water, the foliage comes out, and it it's in full bloom right now. And they're, they're probably I would say maybe three feet tall, but it's just this one stretch where there's about there's a line of it about maybe twenty feet long, and that's the only that's the only spot that I've seen it. Where I've ever seen it in the wild before, and it's not even in the wild. I mean, it's in the neighborhood. But you know right. what I thought it, you were going to say about the Musa table? No, we got a second delivery this week. It was full. Yeah, yeah, it was packed yesterday. We, uh, we more. We do have some. We did have some native milkweed in stock. We had a few gallons out there. Uh, so if you're looking to get started on a, a butterfly garden, now would be the time to uh, start thinking about that. We did have plenty of tropical milkweed in stock. Uh, if you want to put some of that in as well. Uh, let's see. Oh, and also in the spring bulbs, a couple of my favorites in, in the spring bulb collection. One of them is Sprechelia. Oh, yeah. Aztec like lily. It's a really pretty little, yeah. really interesting looking flower. It's about the most, it's about the most, it's a flower that looks more like a fleur de lis than anything else that I have ever seen before. Um, I was going to say a skinny amaryllis, but. But it's it's it's, it's, it's a little, it's 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 a little bit different than an amaryllis, but a nice dark red color, uh, very interesting, very interesting plant. The other one that's really cool, although I've never had any luck growing them, although I know some people did because we used to get them uh, in containers. Uh, Gloriosa lilies, yes, or Gloriosa Rothschildiana, really pretty. It's a it's a vining lily uh, with a beautiful red, uh, or, yeah. red reddish orange flower yeah. with a yellow. 
with a yellow edge to the to the petals. Correct. Really, pr- really pretty plant. And who was it? Dave, Bob, Ro- Dave Roberts. Dave yes. Roberts yeah. used to grow those in, in five gallon containers. Oh, on, they were on, they were on spectacular. Stakes. They were yeah. They were really really pretty. Yeah, I never had luck trying to grow them either. Yeah, but yeah, his, but he, his, his, were, his were his yes. were his were perfect. What, what's I, challenging about it when you say you never had luck? We growing put it, it in the pot. We put it in the pot and they yeah, die. They die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so planting it makes it kills yeah. it. However, at least the way we the way we exactly. However. I did not just try once and fail and quit. Yeah. I, I did it three, four, five times. I did it at least twice and got killed it. A yeah. plant to come up about four to six inches, never saw a flower. Didn't and they have a different colored one, a yellow one too? Or there something? might have been just a yeah, straight well, yellow. I think I tried to do both and I killed both. And Dave Roberts brought them in and they were on a little yeah. little baby trellis. They were in yeah. full bloom and I thought... He did a wonderful job yes. on them. Yeah. Why yeah I, I, don't, I don't know what his trick was, but he... he well, he, he, he knew yeah, what he, he was doing. He knew what he was exactly. doing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, for other tips, give us a call. Yeah, call Dave Roberts. This, this is for professionals only. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I, one thing I noticed as I was walking into the store yesterday, we have one end of one of the tables in, in gallon color that's just osteospermum. Oh, jeez. And I How remember many colors. Yeah, I, I, I remember when the only colors of osteospermum were white, white and, purple. and purple. Yeah, and they and bloomed in. The spring only. Yeah, and, and the com- common name for osteo? Uh, African, yeah, African daisies. Yeah. And now there's just a whole rainbow of colors. Oh yeah, uh, and, and these bloom lots. over a much longer I, season. They're, they're beautiful. The perennials that we get now are. I don't think. I blooming. think they're a little bushier than the than the ones that we used to get. Yeah, the more ground not, covers. And yeah, less the white and the purple were more. Yeah. Were more ground. Well, covers. I have white ones all over my yard. I can't stand them. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's that's a plant that I want to rip out, but every time I rip it out, it pops up someplace else. Through. Yeah, they're very easy to grow. They they, they add a lot of color to a they landscape. Do. They actually yeah. do. Yeah, it's a it's a tough yeah. it's a tough plant. There's right. a there's a really neat plant. one that has spoon the spoon yeah, flower the spoons, one. Yeah, those oh, yeah. are really yeah. interesting yeah. petal yeah. on it. Those are interesting. I remember when we lived on Galveston Street, my, we had we had it. The white ones growing in our front yard, the entire front yard was covered with it, and it would get so deep every once in a while. My dad would bring home a hedge trimmer just, and just start cutting it and rolling it in like a blanket and, until he got everything cut back and then just hauled it away. But, right. Uh, yeah, it, it was a. Yeah. It, it's a tough plant. It, it, it really is. It, it grow, again, grows very quickly. It's, it's pretty. But, and mm-hmm. the, the common name of the reason I asked is you know, you said it's a. African daisy, mm-hmm. and as are Arctotis, and there's, I think, three or four other plants that are called that. So sometimes customers come in asking yeah. for African daisy, and you bring mm-hmm. them to, to the osteospermum, and they're like, oh, no, that's not what I'm that's looking not for. It. Well, yeah, yeah. that else. is the problem with common, right. common names or whatever, yeah. Well, I think, isn't osteospermum also what's somewhat referred to as highway daisies? Yes. Freeway daisies. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. they used to use, yeah. well, they used to use the white a lot, but then they started. They used a lot of the yellow or orange because I remember in the springtime. But that's a different type of daisy. But isn't an osteospermum? I don't think is so. The orange one? No, the ones that yeah. the orange and yellow ones that are blooming now is a different. I think it's a oh. pyrethrin. Oh, okay. Well, I stand corrected then. And I am not certain of what it is, but I'm pretty sure it's not. Well, osteo. what I can what I can tell you it looks like is it looks like uh, California poppies when it's in bloom. <laughs> Yeah, you, you got to look you really close to confused yes. as you're flying by at 65 exactly. miles an hour. I'm uh, not looking over. I just heard a story about somebody who was mis- losing a bet about that. One person said osteo or oh, daisy, right. and one person said uh, poppies. I, I don't know how it was resolved. I don't think the what I've seen does not look like poppies yet. But who knows? When do the poppies bloom? Aren't they a little bit later? I think they're. But while we have some that are blooming right now, are we talking yeah. about natives. Yeah, the California yes, yeah. poppy. Oh, a friend of mine was out in um, was out in Borrego, and stuff was starting to bloom out there. Not the poppies, not the crazy blooming season like we've right. had in the past, but this, things are starting to pop. things are starting to pop out there. So, yeah, if you want to go see some see some color, now it's probably not a bad time to go out there because it, it because it's not. Yeah, not crazy busy out there. Oh, it's because you not can't afford hot, the gas yeah. to go over. Well, the that's hill. true. Yeah, <laughs> it's not gonna yeah. Be busy. there is. Thank, thanks, there George. is that. Yeah. yeah, that was a nice buzzkill, George. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. here to help. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Have gas a great was weekend. Only yeah. 
$5.35 per gallon for regular unleaded at Costco in Poway Business Park yesterday. So today it's probably 40 or 50, but yeah, yesterday. Or more. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, anyway. What, uh, are, what are the classes coming up? Oh, actually, let me ask George that. Yeah. So San Diego at 9 o'clock today vegetables. we have, what were you going to say? Oh, oh, you start. Oh, sorry. Oh, spring yeah. vegetables, right? Spring vegetables with, with Josh. Josh yeah. Correct. Nine o'clock. Oh, we could have asked Mark. I apologize. Well, no, no worries. And then uh, in we have in Poway we at nine thirty we have basic grafting techniques with uh, Tyler. I just didn't I think that'd be a Ken. fun class. I'm going to pay t- pay yeah. attention. I'm going to no, you're not. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. Right. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We'll be back next week with another hour of Garden Talk. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.